Welcome to the QAV Investing Podcast. This is episode 432. This is the free edition of 432. This week on uh, the podcast, we're talking about commodity prices for a lot of it and how they're declining and what that means for our portfolio. So we look at iron ore, uh, we're looking at oil, we're looking at gold, copper, platinum, nickel. And Tony's making some decisions about uh, what we should be selling based on the decline in commodity prices. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes. You'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Welcome back to QAV. This is episode 432 TK. I am out of lockdown eight days Hmm. in and out. That's how we do it in the big red state. Is that what we are? Reds? Are we the Reds? Yeah. I don't know. Well, you're meant to be. I don't follow it. Commies. Yeah, we're the big commie pinko state. Hmm. How's it going down there in uh, Sydney? Well, I've had my second jab today, so hopefully I can move around a bit more and feel comfortable with it all. We need to get this show done and dusted before you (laughs) (laughs) fall over with side effects again. Yeah, quite possibly, but we'll see. I hope not. Well, as I said to you off air, uh, I had a hell of a day on the old stock market, Tony, Um, but uh, I'll get into my complaints later. Let's start with uh, things you have to talk about. What is this great rotation business, Tony? Got a lot. Well, we've had a lot of questions about commodity prices and whether they're in sell territory and the rest. So I just wanted to spend a bit of time going through my notes. I spent a fair bit of time yesterday looking at it all. Uh, and I, I agree with a lot of the comments coming through on the Facebook page and in our questions that, yeah, things are turning down. Um, let me start with Santos, which is, I think, in our dummy portfolio. I, I own it. It's on the been on the top scorers list for a while. And as we mentioned, I think last week or the week before, it's announced the merger with Oil Search, which is another oil company. Uh, and the share price has gone down since then. So I'm, I think Santos is probably qualifying as a a sell on on bad news. And it's not necessarily bad news, but it's news affecting the share price. Uh, so let me just sort of work through my thinking on that. The first thing is that it's uh, it's not. Um, 
it's not a sell from a three-point trend line point of view unless you fudge it. So the share price graph for Santos has a couple of big, big dips, one of them being the COVID cough last year. And you can draw a line extending between those two and it gets a, a sell price, which is way south of where the current share price is now. And uh, you could fudge it and take uh, L1 as being the COVID cough and then you're getting a line that goes up much steeper and it's a sell on that fudge line. So just my thoughts on that. The the slope, if you use the traditional three-point trend line, is about 13%. And we've been talking about having 8% as the uh, as the cutoff before we, we do a fudge. Uh, so... You know, the 8% is is not really anything, not really hard science. It's it's more statistical. It's the, That's the best. That was the optimal performance when um, Dylan did some back testing. But who's to say whether there's, there aren't any outliers and 13% is wrong or right in this case and whether we shouldn't be using the fudge line. So that's the first comment I'll make. If you want to use the fudge line, then Santos is a sell. And it's only... Not a sell if you stick to the hard 8% rule on flat bottoms and not uh, sort of go to, say, something like 13%. But but put that aside for the moment. Um, what's happening with Santos? It wants to merge with oil search. One question that, that, uh, that begs is what will the merge company look like from a QAV score point of view? And the Santos QAV score at the moment, I'll just look it up. I did a download yesterday, being Sunday, the uh, the eighth. Santos is currently not even on our top scorers list, so it's dropped off, and it has a QAV score of 0.06. That's what I'm getting anyway. So, if you look at that, if you look at what the oil search QAV score is. And oil search is even worse than Santos. Its QAV score is 0.01. It's pretty hard to me to see that a merged company is going to be on our top scorers list. And probably, you know, somewhere as an average between those two scores, 0.01 and 0.06. So that's another potential reason to sell. And then I guess the third one is that, uh, the again, news-related, the PNG government came out over the weekend and, and oil search is based in PNG. Santos isn't, but the um, the PNG government will have to give its assent before the merger can go ahead. And some of the things that they're likely to um, to demand before they give that assent is that the Santos head office is in PNG, or at least the big office is in PNG, and uh, that they employ a certain number of locals and, and support the economy much the same sort of uh, conditions they've put on all search operating in PNG as a foreign company. So it's it's possible to see that the merger that's currently being looked at uh, gets diluted a little bit because there are conditions placed on it by the PNG government. And it's also fair to say, I think, that this is uh, the merger's just been announced and that there may have to be other sweeteners put in by Santos to get the approval of the all search shareholders across the line because the uh, the merger has to be approved by both groups of shareholders. So I think just on the news factor alone and the fact that the share price has retreated since the merger has been announced, um, it's really a sell on bad news 
type story. It's not necessarily bad news. It's going to create a large uh, oil company, which will be a powerhouse in the region, but not necessarily a good one from a QOV point of view. So uh, I've been watching the share price. It's come down. It's kind of it's potentially bouncing around the bottom now from that overhang of news, but it wouldn't take much in terms of uh, the offer having to be raised by Santos or conditions being placed on it by the PNG government to see the price take another step down. So um, I'm going to sell my shares. I think I put out an announcement this morning that I was thinking about it. Um, I'll wait 24 hours, and I think we should take it out of the dummy portfolio as well um, on that basis. So this is, even though, I mean, we normally don't sell things just because they fall off the QAV list, the scorecard, right? Um, And it's up roughly 40% in the dummy portfolio since we added Mm -hmm. it. So it's Mm -hmm. been a good good one for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not, there's no really bad news, not like there was with uh, GLE this morning, which we'll get to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, this is sort of uh, what? I mean, it's like a... Uh, I'm not sure how we how, how do I uh, turn this into a, a guideline for people, a rule. Well, yeah. I think it is very much news related. It's it's news of a merger. Uh, oftentimes, the acquiring company, and it's, this is not really an acquiring situation. It's more a merger. Oftentimes, the acquiring company is the one that does worse out of it in terms of share price. It's usually the acquired company which goes up in um, in terms of its share price in the short term. Uh, so. I think that's a news event. Um, it, it sent the share price down. So on, it's not like a CFO resigning or a CEO resigning or something like that. But it is, and it's probably potentially long-term good news for Santos, but it, uh, it's got a long way to play out and it's going to be, um, I think the share price will move around according to what conditions they have to give up to, to get the merger across. And look, the other thing too about companies falling off the, the top scorers list that usually happens because their share price goes up. So their price to operating cash flow goes down. Mm. Uh, and then we use the three-point trend line to, to sell them. Mm. Um, this is, like I said, a fudge three-point sell. Whether you, If you want to stick out for a, a, a non-fudge three-point trend line sell, mm-hmm. then no, it's a hold. Uh, but uh, I, I just can't see this. I can't see anything that's going to re-rate the Santos share price. The oil price, underlying oil price is coming close to a three-point sell. So if we have a look at that, it's a couple of bucks off a sell. I'll just go into Stock Doctor now and have a look at oil using the commodities section. Mm-hmm. Oil's down 1.2% overnight. That is West Texas crude, and I prefer to use Brent, but we'll look at them both. So, yeah, so well, we're starting with West Texas crude, which is the US oil price. It's currently $68. Uh, my three-point sell price for it is around 62 So that's $6 off that one. And then if I look at Brent, uh, again, Stock Doctor is giving me a, a US Brent number, but anyway, we use it. That's uh, a fair way off if I use... Brent crude North America. I can't see where I've got a. Let me just see if I can find the Brent crude. Not by North America. Uh, crude oil. Here we go. You're doing this in Stock Doctor? Yeah. So I'm going in. Okay. So what I just did then was 
uh, I opened up the commodities advanced uh, graphing screen. Yeah. And then over in the top left-hand side, you can enter code or name. Yeah. So I put in oil and then there's a subheading and I clicked on commodities. Oh, I see. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go down and look at CL hash, which is the crude oil futures current. Yep. And if I draw a three point trend line on that, the sell price is telling me it's about sixty five fifty, and the current futures contract price is sixty eight twenty eight. So it's getting pretty close. It's just a question of which one you use. Um, so if you wanted to stick out Santos and see if the oil price turns up again, fine. Um, or watch the commodities charts and see if they cross, fine. Uh, but um, I'm, ha- I'm happy to fudge it based on the fact that there's also news in there. Right. Uh, which isn't necessarily – It's not. A, I don't think it's a positive for the stock, put it that way. Right. And it certainly caused the stock price to go down. Yeah. Okay. Three-point trend lines, they're all about de-risking. It's trying to, trying to stay safe in the market, really. Yeah. So – Am I am I worried about missing out on the next you know ten percent from Santos going up versus saving myself twenty percent uh, downside if it goes down, um, which it's kind of all leading towards? If I take all those things together, then I'm pre- I'm prepared to de-risk and sell Santos. Right, a little bit of forecasting in there, Tony. Uh, yep, a little bit. Not well, no, not really. It's forecasting no. in terms of. Uh, what what will happen with the share price because of the merger? So there's a bit of forecasting in that. Uh, it's getting close to a sell in terms of the crude oil futures, so there's a little bit of forecasting in that, and it's a fudge on the three point trend line, which I'm, yeah, maybe forecasting with, but that's not really forecasting. That's just taking a fudge, which I think is fine, especially with commodities. You know, we've seen the leg up. We've seen the leg up in the oil price. It's all happened since the COVID cough. Prior to the COVID cough, the low point for for oil was forty five dollars compared to in the COVID cough when it got down to about nineteen. Mm. So yeah, and it's it's gone up from you know nineteen to sixty eight. So it's you know that's that's in fact at the high point it was uh, what was that seventy three. So it's more than tripled since the COVID cough. So it's it's you know taking a profit too. Right. Okay. That's something we normally don't do, though. But, and what happens if the oil price turns around? I mean, it looks like it's sort of been up as high as it's ever been in the last five years here, so I can't see it turning around and going too much higher, I guess. But Yeah, yeah and, the, and, the, and there is a lot of talk around that. Again, that would, that would be me forecasting, but, you know, there's, there's pressure on OPEC to keep the price around 70 bucks a barrel, so it may stay there. And one of the things that happens with oil is that once it starts to get to the top end of its range, it, it, more producers are invited back into the shale or gas market in the US. And so you have uh, wells which have been sitting idle for the last year or two will open up again. And if the US starts to produce shale oil in sort of volumes, because uh, they need sort of maybe 70 bucks a barrel to, to make money, then uh, there's more they, they import less from OPEC, and that sort of the price tends to equalise around this sort of level. Right. Uh, yeah, but again, that's that's just my sort of knowledge of the oil market. But but yes, yeah, it's, it's just everything about this at the moment. I, I'm particularly 
using the three-point trend line fudge and the fact that the all-search all merger has depressed the Santos share price um, as reasons to sell. Now, what, what could go against that? Well, if the all-search merger gets pulled off the table, the Santos share price could rise. So there's that risk. Right. Okay. So we're going to get rid of it out of the QAV portfolio and you're going to sell your own holdings. Correct. Yep. Nice. And I think in terms of the dummy portfolio, uh, we'll talk about it during the pulled pork section, but I'm going to buy or suggest we buy ZGL, which is now the highest on the- Zycom. Uh, yeah, Zycom. Doesn't have an average daily trade of like 3K? 4K. 4K? <laughs> yeah. That not that not too small? <laughs> Well, our, our position in Santos in the dummy portfolio is 1500 bucks. So, right. yeah, potentially. It's a little bit small. After getting burnt by GLE this morning, <laughs> that's um, <clears throat> that scares me, but at least it's only the dummy portfolio. It's not my real money uh-huh. this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, ZGL. There you go. Yeah, Good. there you go. Do you want to talk about more of these stocks, what's going on with the others? I do because we've still got uh, iron ore to talk about. There's been a few questions come in about it. Uh, and again, uh, I'm going to suggest that I'm going to sell my iron ore stocks and I I own Fortescue Metals Group, which is my biggest portfolio position, and I own Champion Iron, which is a big position for me as well. So I've got to figure out how to do this without um, – crunching the price and uh, I'll probably do it as a dollar cost average over a few days for those stocks and then try and find something else to buy that I don't already own and isn't iron ore stocks because obviously the next one, next big stock that I don't own on the, on the top scorers list is, is Rio Tinto, which is another iron ore stock. So I don't want to um, expose myself to that. Okay, so, so what's my feelings about iron ore? Let's have a look at that commodity graph. Stock Dr. Iron Ore, and the iron ore price has risen a little bit overnight. Click on commodities first, and then you get iron ore, and then click on advanced charting. I'm using TR hash, which is iron ore, 62% pure, 62% iron, CFR China, TSI it's called. So three-point trend line sell for iron ore is, is, again, much lower than the current price. So the current price is $172, I think that's per tonne, tonne. The current three-point sell price is 78 bucks. If I draw a line using our our three-point trend line algorithm, that's a big fall if we want to wait until the iron ore gets to, to that price. Um, so again, I'm looking at a fudge line uh, starting with a low point of April 2020 and then drawing a line up there which touches uh, November 2020 and then... The current share price graph has just crossed beneath that sell line. Now, my reason behind doing that, Cam, is that, again, a bit like oil, um, since the COVID cough, when the share pr- when the iron ore price was 83 bucks per tonne, it got up as high as, well, on a monthly basis, $214. But I know intermonth, intramonth, it got up to being $240. So, again, the, um, the price has tripled. And in the last month, it's dropped from 211 back to 172. So quite a big drop. Now, what's what's behind that? And again, this is, um, I guess, provided for context rather than for prediction. And there's a whole heap of issues here. So China is 
is trying to talk the price of iron ore down. It's called jawboning. So they don't like paying record prices for iron ore and they particularly don't like doing it because it's an Australian resource which they're, which they're buying and there are you know, political issues around the relationship between Australia and China at the moment. And uh, they've been – so China, the Chinese Communist Party has been saying things like, well, we want to get our – COVID, our, uh, sorry, our COVID, our climate change numbers down. And so we're going to put a clamp on iron ore production for a while, or steel production for a while, sorry. And so that has, people are forecasting what that might mean and that, that's depressed the, the predictive volume and then therefore the price of iron ore. However, in the, in the background of that is the fact that the Biden infrastructure uh, bill is being passed in the US Senate. That will probably go ahead. And that'll be, you know, a lot of money being put into steel production in the US to build things. And on top of that, Vale, which is the big competitor for BHP, Rio and Fortescue Metals Group, is having more and more problems with its iron ore mines and uh, shipping from Brazil. So there's no sort of, uh, no sort of volume coming into the market, at least in the short term, which will get the, the, um, the price down through natural supply and demand from the demand side. So um, it's possible that uh, if, if China is just jawbone to get the price down, the price will rise from here. Uh, so you know, I'd, I'd probably want to watch it for a few days and see what it does, but it has crossed over a fudge line sell at the moment. On, on top of all that, um, what other sort of important things are there to consider? The, the next results from Fortescue Metals Group are probably going to be really good. Um, I'll, I'll pick FMG as being the biggest iron ore stock in our portfolio. Uh, and you can see that if you go into Stock Doctor, you can have a look at what the forecast operating cash flow is going to be. So if you go into Stock Doctor for Fortescue Metals Group and then go into the financial metrics and go into the, uh, the uh, yeah, financial metrics tab, sorry, um, you can see about the third line down, under the subheading solvency, the uh, December 20 number was $3.43 a share for operating cash flow. The projected June 21 number is $5.19. Wow. So you'd expect there to be a big increase in the uh, operating cash flow. Now, that's a projection. That's a consensus number. But given the fact that we've had our last quarterly report from Fortescue and we're days, if not maybe a, a week or so away from there, their results, it's it's probably a pretty safe bet. Um, they might Fortescue may come in and surprise on the upside. I, w- I wouldn't expect them to surprise on the downside. If you plug that number into the uh, the checklist, then FMG is going to improve in terms of its um, its QAV number. It's currently uh, my checklist uh, has a QAV score of sixteen point one six. And, you know, given that the operating cash flow is going to go up by about 30%, that's probably going to be in the 20s, in the point twos, after we get the new numbers. Now, isn't that a good thing, you might say? Well, it is, except that it's the, that number, and particularly particularly for, for commodity-based stocks for miners, is, that number's the rear view mirror. That's saying to me they've had a good 12 months, it's not necessarily saying they'll have a good 12 months going forward or as good a 12 months going forward. 
And again, this is prediction, but if you have a look at the June 22 forecast, it's for a lower number of 481. Still higher than where we are now, but $4.81 of operating cash. So there's all sorts of numbers being used as assumptions in those forecasts. So I treat the June 22 number with a grain of salt. But it is hard to see how in two years' time the iron ore price is going to get to a record high again. You would need to have full-on steel production around the world, which is what people have predicted when we come out of COVID. Uh, And you would need to have the competitors like Vale still having problems um, getting any sort of, you know, big demand into the market to, to bring the price down. Both of those two things, yeah, I don't want to forecast, both of those two things, though, are potentially hard to see happening. So anyway, um, I think the iron ore price is a watch at the moment, and I think if it goes anywhere lower, then uh, the iron ore stocks are a sell, Fortescue and CIA. And if you look at the Fortescue share price, it's already down from $25-odd to twenty-two seventy-four today. So that the iron ore price is having an effect. And if you look at uh, Champion Iron, CIA, which is another one that's um, that I own. I think it's isn't it? I think it's in the dummy portfolio. You might know Cam is CIA in the dummy portfolio. I can look it up, I guess. Uh, no, it's not. It's not okay. So it's just me then. Uh, but that that Champion Iron's down four percent today, uh, and it's it's dropping fast as well. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm putting it on notice. I'm going to start lightening out of these. Um, companies, I probably won't sell all at once unless the, I wake up tomorrow and find out the iron ore price has dropped down again. Uh, my gut feel is that it's not going to go much lower, but I, my gut feel is also it's not going to go much higher. So we're going to sit here for a while. Um, and again, you know, this is a this is a situation where we've made such great money out of FMG um, that it's taking some profits off the, off the table as well. And the same with Champion Iron. What are we giving up? Well, there's a big dividend coming from Fortescue Metals in uh, what five weeks' time. I think it's mid December, mid September that it comes in. Uh, I'll just confirm that. I'll go back into FMG. X dividend for FMG is 10th of September, so 32 days away. So you need to hold the stock on the 10th of September in order to get that dividend. Correct. But, I, but that dividend, um, currently, the shares are trading on a 10.7% yield. So, you know, I, I expect as soon as it goes ex-dividend, the share price will take another leg down by a couple of bucks. So that's an issue too, although, I mean, over time it recovers. Mm. And that might be a buying opportunity if, if we see that after selling it, we want to buy it back. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, again, I'm, I'm using a fudge line for the commodity price and I'm going to start selling, especially if it drops further. Now, FMG has a double position in the, in the dummy portfolio mm. and there's about 5000 Last time I looked, it was $5,500 worth in the portfolio. So we need to replace it with two stocks, I think, half each. And uh, I'm going to suggest... HUM and IMA are the two stocks. Um, we probably should keep a look at HUM because it's getting close to its sell line as well. It's bouncing around. <laughs> You're laughing about Hum. Have you sold some? I sold both of those uh, recently. I sold Hum like about <laughs> a week ago. I sold IMA at the end of the financial year. But, yeah, I sold, um, I sold Hum recently after it went backwards on me. 
Yeah, it's been dancing around that sell line. Neither um, of I'm just going to have a look at IMA. What's the sell price for IMA? I don't know, but I, I did a scorecard this morning. Neither of those are in my top 10. Really? Yeah. I did one yesterday and they're both way up in, in my top 10. I've got Zycom, Medusa, Cash Converters, IGL, Hum, CAA. Hmm. Well, let me. You let don't? Me, uh, no. I mean, I've got IGL at the top of mine. Um, IGL or ZGL? IGL. ZGL I took out because the uh, ADT was too small for me. Oh, okay. Uh, right. Yep, sure. Um, yeah, when I look at – when I do the uh, sell line for harm, I think it's right on the sell line now. Yeah, it's been dancing around. Um, I'm getting a sell price for harm of $0.94 cents and the current price is $0.96. Mm. 95 according to Stock Doctor right now, but, yeah, my Stock okay. Doctor anyway. Let me have a look. Well, yeah, we I mean, might be buying and selling it quickly, but um, you're right, 95. I just refreshed. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just drawing a line. I'm not putting it into the three-point calculator, but I'm getting a sell line of 94, 96, <laughs> 94.9 cents, <laughs> and it's currently 95 cents. So I don't know, man. I probably wouldn't – I wouldn't uh, – have that on my buy list. It's Let a bit dicey for my liking. Uh, yeah, it's also in a bit of a, downtre- a downtrend as well. So, yep, let's skip over it then. And IMA, let me have a look at IMA. I did check this one late last week, but because I, I sold it recently, I didn't want to buy it again because you warned me things you sell on the last day of the financial year, you shouldn't buy back too quickly or it'll look like you're trying to scam something. Yeah, Capital gains yeah. tax. Well, I, I think IMA is a Josephine too. What's a Josephine? Oh, Tony, this is my new terminology. You haven't caught up with the Josephine? We haven't talked about it on the show. I think I've used it in emails and on Facebook. This is yeah, wait and see. It's like not tonight, Josephine. Uh, you know, you said a couple of weeks ago something. If something's above its buy line and above its sell line, but it's currently in a downtrend. Yeah then it's a wait and see, yeah. which I call which a Josephine. Hard. I call it a Josephine because it's uh, not tonight, Josephine, which uh, I can tell you there's no record that Napoleon ever actually said that, but it's good enough. And it's sexier <laughs> than just a wait. So I'm talking about IMA, though. IMA uh, finished uh, July at 1908. It's currently at 18.5. So... Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, If you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast.com.au, and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, You get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. And also we get a, a 
private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au. But as I said, if you're brand new and you want to, you're trying to figure out what's going on, go back and listen to Season 3, Episodes 1, 3, and 5, 301, 303, and 305. And then you might also want to go back and listen to Season 1 as well, all of the free episodes in Season 1 where we go into a lot of detail about Tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, The other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or a tax advisor. Uh, with that, stay safe, good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week. And you can follow us on Twitter at QAVPod. 